Welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play indie video games from itch.io and beyond. My name is Eric Taylor Roth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Eric. I'm Alex. I'm Eric. The producer is Matt. We played through. We started playing through the itch.io Battle for Justice and Equality when it was launched in June 2020. We raised over eight million dollars for charitable causes. We have since added more bundles and games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and justice. This is episode 79, and we have played 222 of the 3,041 games in our bundles, and we promise to play all of them. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Alex, you were just out and about. Uh, I was. R- I, I was in the upper, upper uh, New York area. Fancy boy. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Baba Is You, which mm. has been really fun. Having a good time. Uh, how about you? you playing anything? I'm back on that XCOM 2 grind. It's serious, <laughs> deliberate, intense, engaging, all of those things, all those fun things. So I'm playing a lot where, of that. Where uh, were you playing it while you were bachelor partying? No, no, God, no. I took the weekend off, thank God. Look at you. Could you, that's how, could you that's imagine? Healthy. Yeah, I could. I, I mean, I don't even know how I would play it in there, you know? <laughs> Thank God there was no way for me to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our guest this week is Andrew or Pizza Pranks on H.io. He's the creator and curator of Indiepocalypse, a monthly anthology of video and or physical games. Every month he curates a collection of 10 games, costs 15 bucks, and that's it. It's great. Yeah. We have a long conversation about that and the process behind it and his attitude about the whole thing. It's a cool episode. It's a zine. Andrew's a zine. Zine-y He's dude. a zine guy. Eric's a zine guy too. I like zines. They're fun. So fun. He's a zener. He's a zener. He is a zener. He's a hotel zener. <laughs> this week we're donating specifically to the National Network of Abortion Funds Collective Power Fund. We'll re- redistribute direct abortion funding to 28 member abortion funds across more than 20 states and is concentrated in the South Midwest where it's often hardest to get an abortion. The Collective Power Fund supports the cost of an abortion, transportation to, transportation to a clinic, child care, lodging, abortion doula support. All dollars raised will be redirected to local abortion funds on the front lines of abortion access. A very, very worthy cause. Yeah. Um, especially relevant in the national moment we find ourselves in. Yep. Awful. Shit time. Yeah. Cool cause. We donate to them. If you donate some proof to Bundle Buddies Podcast at gmail.com, we'll shout you on the show. Tight. Should we get into this uh, app? This is the time to do that. Okay. See ya. Um, why don't, uh, why, why, why don't you, you tell the listeners? Oh yeah. The, a little bit about I, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Good. I, um, thank you. Thank you. That's why I'm a host. Handsome guy. <laughs> Good ideas. Eric's killing it. That's what I always ask people. Uh, when I ask them what they are. I say, okay. No, I'm, that's a lie. I don't always do that. Anyway, my, <laughs> I'm Andrew. I, um, I, I post. Speaking of bundles, I create a a, a week monthly one. I was going to call it a weekly one. That would be a nightmare on me. Um, <laughs> monthly like bundle. I will begrudgingly call the bundle in my heart. I think of it as a zine of games, but it is a bundle because people know what those are. Um, <laughs> it's a monthly indie. Indie apocalypse is what it's called. Yes, indie apocalypse is what it's called. It's a it's a monthly bundle of ten games 
looking to highlight like weirder alternative stuff, kind of like the home of the unmarketable in a way, as I've called okay. it before. Uh-huh. Uh, games that are shorter or just um, they don't fit into the mold of uh, commercial games. And I also commission one new game per month as well. And oh, that's cool. And there's uh, a cool zine to it. And there's cool cover art. Yeah, the cover art is what really grabbed me at first. I mean, I have been following you on Itch for probably right or like around when I discovered Itch.io was right around the time the first the the you know social justice uh, and equality bundle came out, and uh, I was on there just poking around and I saw Indiepocalypse and was like, this looks the the cover art looks fucking rad. Like <laughs> this looks cool. Um, yeah. And I kind of got plugged into it at that point, uh, and I've been checking it out ever since. I haven't. I, I got all of them through number ten. I did like the sort of like, um, you did like I think like a, a kind of a bundle deal for all of them at one time for a reduced price. Yes. Uh, and I got that. I still haven't dipped into them a, a crazy extent, but I really love the concept and the idea. Um, well, you're, you're talking to someone who is just um, playing video games. For the first time in probably a couple of years. <laughs> so that's a, a, we'd love to hear kind of about your background in gaming in general, and then kind of get into the the, the genesis for Indie Apocalypse. But you know, what, what's like your earliest gaming memory of, of any platform or something like that? Um, something on the the Nintendo Entertainment System. I I assume yes. I'm trying to reach back. I have a weird my earliest memory that I can kind of collect within my brain is one of those there was a um a two-part sesame street cart for the nes <laughs> that was like letters on letters like a letters numbers thing and for whatever reason in terms of like what my brain can conjure that's the earliest thing even though i had like mario or whatever i don't remember <laughs> mario <laughs> I, have, I have no memory of that but i have this this glimmer of a set like a half second of a memory of one of those games and that's my earliest that's not a really good early um no it's um, amazing just like that sort of refracted image in your brain that just kind of lives there for for most of my life i remember this tv movie that i saw while my parents were uh out on a date uh with the like I had a babysitter and I wanted so desperately to watch it that I like refused to go to bed. And the babysitter was like, so furious that she never, she like, she refused to ever come back. Uh, (laughs) My parents were very mad at me, but the premise was Scott Bakula like dies. And then it's like what his life is like in heaven. And okay. So that's something you could look up after the fact. Sounds like it, but I've never been able to find any more information about it. Oh, okay. However, uh, it might not even be Scott Scott Bakula. You know what I mean? Like it could be anyone. Like I was really into Quantum Leap at the time, so that's certainly uh, playing into my memory a little bit. I there was a um, like a TV B movie kind of thing called The House That Bled. Called B movie. TV B movie called B movie. Yeah, it was TV movie. Yes, the house that bled, and I always wanted to watch it. I never had a, the opportunity to see the house that bled, but for a really long time, I I would draw houses that had just like blood coming down the wall, and I was like three, and and teachers would be like, Eric, what is this? And I'd be like, it's a, a house that is bleeding. And they'd be like, oh, oh, how creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know that those those 
those um the snippets of childhood like the the one or two things that kind of like click with you like oh yes i remember yeah 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 just like i don't know what the hell that is so (laughs) do you have a specific idea what was the sesame street game do you like is it just sort of a matching game i imagine the only the only glimmer i have is there's like a night sky or something it happens at night and (laughs) maybe there's no ground uh, sesame street one two three and sesame street abc could be yes. this. Yeah, I think it is that. I, I know what it is because I have the physical cart still. So I, I know oh, exactly. You really? You, you, oh, so, right. so your first system is an NES, and you still have that same uh, that same uh, console. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if the consoles. I think I at one point got a. Um, it was before the whole craze of like the retro right. remaster console kind of things. There was one that played NES carts. It was relatively cheap. I forget what it's called at this point. That rocks. But also, um, you can play all those games on your personal computer. That's <laughs> what people are saying. More and more these days, everyone's saying that you can play it on your personal computer. Which I just do. Like, if, what you do is what you do is you take that old cart you have, you dump it for the legal twenty four hours, and then you delete it after that. Of course, of course. But legally, you can have those ROMs on your computer for twenty four hours. Do you have a? That's insane. That is like such a funny. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's real. I feel like that was <laughs> middle school. Hey, it's true. Yeah, um, it was always on the emulator websites, though. That was the disclaimer. Yeah. That feels like in Japan before recently. I think it was legal to have psychedelic mushrooms and to take them as long as, when questioned, you said you ate them because you were hungry. Um, if you were trying to like use them to actually like trip, that was illegal. But having yeah, them but and then eating them because you're hungry, that was fine. How could you know any better? You were really hungry. I was hungry. <laughs> I was. I had no other options in front of me. Um, yeah. So your first console is an NES. Yes. Do you have a, a favorite game from from that era? Either um, like back then or now. Now I think I've been getting I. I want to spend more time. I have no... So I, I'm a kind of person who, every 10 years, I purge my memory of things that I like, or give or take, because I'm like, oh, I can't trust what that person was and who that person was anymore. Probably a good idea. Um, so I, I'm i like, oh, yeah, that I'm getting more into weird uh, stuff that has just kind of like... Listen, the Ma- Mario brother, he kind of just... He, you know what he is. He's a... He's a, he's a known quantity at this point and some of that stuff it ages well but it doesn't age in the same well that's it's in the same way that kind of old movies might age where it's like still more interesting to go back to the interesting things now are like the weird side games or they're completely kind of we played like three really bad games as part of the pledge drive or we i had two teams of people that were like game dev collective sorts of types and had them spare uh, pair off and spar in these kind of like, I, I guess you would call them bad games, but I don't think they're bad games. I, but I also really like bad art. So <laughs> I think there's, there's, there's joy in it, but what were the games? Um, there was, it was Paris, Dakar rally special, uh, Atlantis, no Nazo and Friday the 13th. Oh, and Friday the 13th like, is notoriously a very bad game. Yes, but they're also like all these really bizarre systems yeah. thrown on top of each other, and they're wildly ambitious. And there's like, oh, someone could learn something interesting from these games. Yeah, so we like played Paris, through uh, Paris. Oh, Hook, Hook for NES. 
and it was very much so an exercise <laughs> in that like there were things there were definitely some things you could take away from playing this game but like it, it never really like congealed on its own yeah and, it didn't quite work yeah <laughs> It comes from an era where it feels like people think things are less solved. It feels kind of in modern sense, and this is to bring back to Indiepocalypse, right? Um, um, sometimes game design feels too much like people are solving a puzzle, you know? Like they're like, oh. What do you mean? What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Um, like, the, like they know, like there's so much history and they know what works. Mm. And they're sort of like building on what works. And like, so I, I just recently downloaded or purchased and I'm in the middle of it's technically still running um, like Blasphemous if you're familiar with the recent game Blasphemous Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it's like this very style um, like dark gothic whatever metroidvania style game and it doesn't do a lot that's like new really but it's got a good vibe to it and sometimes I just like to play a game like that but um Without like a, without bringing like a strong art presence or a strong sort of other sorts of like thing to it, it's like oh well, there's a million of these games come out, these kind of like post symphony, yeah, Minya style games that are very much aping on what Symphony did, like how long? Ago. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it's fun to play something that is uh, that is a good version of that, yeah. right? Like it's it's really nice when somebody does like a really good version of something you've played before but i think that that's that is also a challenge right that that like sort of puts you in the um in the realm of people that are trying to do that type of game and so you you put yourself in that competition and i i I agree i see what you mean by like it's just somebody trying to solve a puzzle that's like oh okay if i just do this then i have a very good version of this thing yeah and i think you you can feel when they are just solving a puzzle and they don't have any other, they don't bring anything up like of themselves to it. Mm. Yeah. You can get like a very kind of samey feeling sort of thing. And that's why I like this because it feels like it brought something of itself to it, even within like a familiar gameplay structure. But games are also a weird thing where they're like this midstep between like activity and art, you know, midstep between activity and art is a very, interesting way to frame gaming in general i really yeah. i don't think alex would agree i think it's what he's saying no no <laughs> interesting is definitely what we try to avoid but i really i really <laughs> love that because it is like you know if something is explicitly like completely deranged and strange you can kind of appreciate it at its level but as a activity um it sort of like fails you know like it's not yeah. something that's like, like if, if the the only thing like keeping you engrossed is how like truly bizarre it is. And there's no like fun loops or, or feedback or anything like that. Or, or you're not like gaming. Eventually that thing's going to get kind of boring unless it's like a short kind of narrative thing. But at the same time, if it's like, so just explicitly like a utilitarian version of something you've played before, it doesn't do anything new. That kind of sucks too, unless you're just like trying to pass time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I've, as I play, sometimes when I play through my games, you know how like every single platform gives you a million games for free every month right. now? I'll, uh-huh. play through, I'll play some, and then I'll like at the end of my session, like, did I enjoy anything out of that, or did I just use that to make time pass? Yeah. And sometimes games are just a thing that you use in the time passes after you're done with them. Um, is there... What would you say lately you've been playing that kind of... that really hits in a good way or are you even is that something that you pursue right now 
Um, like I said, this is I'm saying blast. Okay, besides um, which uh, these are like side games. I don't count as being games that one would play. Uh, uh, Magic Online or Arena, rather. No, yeah, Magic Online is something different. Um, yeah, right. And um, um, the Final Fantasy fourteen, which are like um, there. Those are like uh, video game, not video games. That's the right thing. Videos that you games that you play while you watch something else or listen to yeah. something else. <laughs> You're like. It's because it's that same thing where the modern internet video is like, I do kind of want to watch this, but it's also like three hours long and it's not interesting enough for me to watch it for three hours long. But I do kind of want to watch people play like the quarry or whatever, you know. This essay video on YouTube that is just yes. like completely like, uh, like talk about like activity versus art. It's neither of those things. Yeah. But like you, I want to listen to it, but it's not so engaging and well made that it's like like a like a three hour film or something that right. I would actually sit down and watch. I feel that very very strongly. I mean, I I've been playing a lot of XCOM two recently. That's like my kind of poison, and the way I sort of describe it sometimes is just a way a place to put my brain for a little bit. Like it's yeah, I kind of like forget everything else around me for a while and just kind of get absorbed by this thing. Uh, and, a, and I think a very unhealthy kind of way to be totally honest, because I'll look up and it's been three hours or something like that. It's like, yeah, you know, Alex was like, I'm going to send you an email and then never sent an email. I think this was like Friday. And I knew from a conversation with him on Wednesday that he had, already played XCOM for like maybe 24 hours that this this past week was a little bit of a wash for me if i'm being totally honest it was (laughs) (laughs) like i'm still waiting for an email and it's gonna get it's gonna get to you buddy you know yeah (laughs) i think it's just probably like a you know it's like a labor shortage in the united states it's probably a a delay supply chain stuff it's still an XCOM 90% chance that email is going to get through, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I need to send my XCOM guys to make sure that it gets delivered. Um, I have been taking a lot of good cover lately. <laughs> the um, uh, I, I really relate to that idea of just like a game that you played a past time kind of a thing. It's it's very, yeah, very I true. Mean, but I, I do magic. think the Apocalypse is like, what, is like kind of the opposite of that in a lot of ways. Yes. Also, I play a lot of those games. Right, right. Exactly. So let's t- let's yeah. talk about an apocalypse. Like, what what was the, you know, the, I I I've read yeah, a lot like, of your. When stuff. are you going to get Magic: The Gathering Arena on an apocalypse? <laughs> right. I think yeah. is the oh. question that Alex so, is going to ask. How do how do we listen? If I can find a way, if, let let them let me design a magic set. If we, if we can before I talk about any apocalypse. Answer your question. I think the beauty of that game is that it um, it's like part play, part game design in a way because it's yeah. like. Well, I need to build a deck, and sometimes a lot of times I will be like, I just like the vibe of this card. Mm. How can I make a deck work that like centrally uses it? Mm. I think it is it is like a real good gateway drug to uh, design and mechanics in some way because it does ask you to do some type of programming, yeah. you know, in in terms of cards, especially <laughs> once, especially if like once you've been at it for like you know, two or three sets and then you're like, Oh, I have a lot of these mechanics, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, know um, apocalypse stuff you were going to ask. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. That was just our little wizards. We can't bring up magic, the gathering arena. I tried. I tried. That was me curtailing myself. Trust me. Well, Eric is, a, a, I, I have, I have also been a fan of magic in the past, but I, the thing that frustrates me with that game is that 
and this is, I think, the thing about a lot of these these kind of the the kind of card specific games. But people figure it out like the meta out so quickly with everything now yeah. that there's yeah. not like really cool, engaging original thought. It's just you're playing all of these different folks who have like the same kind of ideas. And it's it's why I, I like drafting the best if I'm going to play something yeah. because it's sort of like then you're actually a wizard who learned some things and like you know what I mean it's like it feels like a little more yeah. the the idea that is that is like if you want to experiment in that game you have to know everything yeah. that's going on you can't casually experiment and like play a competitive actual right. game or have a friend who wants to play just like your your fun around decks. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah there's no cue that's like fun around cue that's like no the meta's banned <laughs> here you can't you, this is where you bring your jank that doesn't work but it's kind of fun yeah that was my yeah. big complaint with hearthstone in general i was really into hearthstone back when it came out yeah. like 10 years ago at this point geez but like no <laughs> I, I, I at a certain point i was just like i'm fucking done dude I sorry was. sorry indie indie apocalypse yes no as someone who also got into that but then my reason was oh magic came out and how why would you ever play a card game that doesn't have instant speed i'm not interested in <laughs> <laughs> playing these hearthstones two games of solitaire <laughs> the uh give me the stack give me the stack <sighs> give me the stack i love the stack i love give navigating me the stack. hell yeah <laughs> Okay, Andy Apocalypse. So, yes, this thing, yeah. from, <laughs> how I run my shows as well. From the primordial ooze of your brain, playing all these yeah. games just to pass the time, eventually you get hooked on the weird, the novel, the strange, the freak show games that you're desperate to yes. expose to the world. Uh, how did it, you know, I. We've, <laughs> It's not true. A lot of these games are really lovely and great, but uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm being dramatic for um, comedic effect. Uh, a dramatic and for comedic effect. Dramatic. I'm laughing because of comedic effect. I'm being comedic for dramatic I've effect. Affected. Um, I'm being affected comedically. The um, how did you get like what 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 was the uh, the genesis of the idea? Like how did you get kind of get started? Like where did the inspiration come from to do this? Uh, well, I, as I was, a, I was, I am, I suppose, still a, a developer myself. Cool. And then I was making games and then they were like, I was like, oh, I like this idea. I like this idea. And then it's like, well, to be a video game, to be like a proper video game that people pay you money for, you have to make it like six hours longer. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to spend that much time on it. And yeah. I don't think this idea, I don't want to stretch it out to six to eight to 12 hours long. So. I was like, well, well, there's no market that exists. I'm like, well, somebody should like anthologies are a thing. Mm. Everybody does them. Uh, pretty much every other art collaborates immensely as like a way to get people to, you know, to tune into a bunch of things or to like, you know, fiction anthologies, you know, um, an album or like a record labels like demo. Here's a demo of all of our artists and ways to get a lot of put a bunch of little things together that make it valuable and i was like well i'll just somebody should do it and then eventually it was me that did it <laughs> because <laughs> i just said well i guess i'll just do it and then hopefully i will brute force into existence the value of small games i mean you did it you know it's it's a, it's real you've made 30 of them which is insane yeah 32 technically that's right because there's, there's two bonus issues. Oh my gosh! So, what's it been like? You know, 
do you feel like in general it, it's maybe stayed pretty close to what you would imagine it is? And what's your like workflow like to, to put an issue together? How does it all work? Uh, so I, let me, okay. How do I do this? Okay. So I'm promoting one issue. Uh. I'm building a second mm. and then I'm fielding submissions for a third. And that's kind of like my, my general work schedule. So I'll be like, well, once the Friday comes in, I launch an issue, I close submissions, reopen submissions, and then I will usually send out an email that says, hey, here are the people that were selected. So then over the course of, so basically over the course of this month, what I'll be doing is telling people to buy the one that came out, um, playing ones people are submitting for August, for the September issue, mm. and then I will be compiling the August issue. Right. Which means getting all the way to pay people, getting all their zine pages, getting all their stuff together, all their games and all that sort of stuff. And then um, commissions, like both the games and the cover artists, I do three months in advance. So right now I'm going to get the people for November, I think. I need to contact the people to make the art and make the game for that. Mm. And it's like very well oiled at this point. Like (laughs) basically kind of... I mean, it still takes time, but I don't have to think about it, like what I have to do every month. Yeah, I mean, that's so nice once you get that workflow going. Like, and it, 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 you just kind of plug into the system every month. Yeah. Are you, at what point, so right now I'm, I'm assuming you get enough submissions to turn in, turn it into another zine. Is that right? Some months are okay. kind of dodgy with that. <laughs> okay, all right. What? How, how long did it take to get to a point where you were getting sort of enough submissions and not, because I imagine at first you had to like track people down, right? The first one was a hundred percent like knocking on digital doors to get people involved. Sure. So it seems like then there is, there is a, uh, there's a desire uh, for this from like a creator's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, say there's usually a split of like, Sometimes 50-50, usually more like 60-40 or 70-30. Um, games that would actually be prospects that I consider and games that are just like m- my first Unity game, Boxy's Adventure in Cube Land. And it's like, there's, it, it's kind of like, oh, someone is just like, um, they, they kind of, if they were playing a guitar, they kind of figured out the C and the D chord and they submitted to me as a song. Sure. Yeah, that would I we play a lot of those. Yeah, that's it's a lot of like stuff that feels kind of half finished, but also that it's like it's purely technical. This was kind of what I was talking with, like um, um, like the Metroidvania verse thing earlier, and the um, the idea of solving puzzles where it, it doesn't feel like there is a any personality in the game. Like I don't feel like this person made. It. I feel like any person could have made this game. Like there's there's no unique touch to it. Or it's like they oh they were just trying to make a a puzzle game I guess, hmm. but not even like a, a a just like a very just like there I've played plenty of games that are like this looks like a a mobile game from two thousand six, <laughs> like the same big UI I get three to five stars when I succeed at a maximum, I'm sure if, in playing through bundles I'm sure you've seen plenty of those games. The, the, I mean, as a, how do you feel about charity bundles in general? Because I mean, you're doing something kind of, you're essentially like you're doing, like you're saying, creating a bundle every month and doing something highly curated and highly different. And then you have these other things come along that 
are just like absolutely massive and don't exist right. on any sort of like scale, like approaching like rationality. You, you know what I mean? They just sort of like emerge every couple of months after a national disaster and yes, <laughs> do really good work, you know, but yeah. it's kind of this weird feedback loop of like, when something terrible happens, I know there's going to be like an itch bundle in a couple of weeks or a couple of days or something like that to help. Like, yeah, it's, I'm genuinely grateful it exists out there, but it's like, it's a weird thing to think about in my head. If that makes sense. Yes. No, I think it's, um, both from like, a, a, a from a charity element, there's, it feels weird to say that there's too many of them. Cause it'll, it's weird to say people will be fatigued on charity, but people will get fatigued on charity, you know? That's why probably why like GDQ probably does so well is because it's twice a year mm. and it's a big event instead of like once every couple months. Right. I mean, right now there are three of them running. Was that right? So, yeah, right. I, I think I, the overlap, I think they'll overlap for like a few days, give or take. But right now there's three running because there's, uh, I just saw the names of them a second ago. I can go look. Cause there's the Queer Games Bundle, there's the um, abortion fund bundle then there's reproductive rights bundle which must be going to a slightly different charity mm-hmm. in the abortion fund bundle but yeah there's three of them up right now jeez and it's this weird thing where it's like are they competing with each other or but then like charity it's just a weird thing so i uh, basically they're they're bad for the art form but they're good for humanity yeah i could see that <laughs> i mean a weird thing it's 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 strange because the whole premise of this podcast is based on, you know, basically yeah. you have these bundles and now we're going to like play them all, so you don't have to play them all, so we can sort of give you a roadmap and also kind of, you know, maybe if you're looking for like kind of a book club kind of experience, experience this along with us, the highs and the lows of the whole thing, um, and turn it yeah, into and some adventure. But it's also it's just kind of a strange thing that when you stop to think about it for a little bit about like we're playing all of these games, you know. Yeah, and I, I said this in my kind of like promotional when the Queer Games Bundle came out. And I was like, if you buy this, um, people, you should buy this. But also you should try playing some of these games yeah, right. also. Um, and if you like them, maybe follow the people. Because that's one. I mean, that one's one of the few that actually is for about paying the developers involved. And there, I mean, often charities tends to come from. Um, people who all probably also need money themselves personally, mm. which is the also kind of weird thing about how these go. Like, oh, a lot of these people involved probably also do need money, but we're bad about giving money to people. We love to give it to uh, organizations. Yeah. And it's not like the, itch, the the summer sale makes everything kind of so accessible on itch. You know, you can go on there yeah. $25 and get six games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's getting better um, in terms of, listen, it's nothing. I mean, it's not, but like very little is, is near what band, like Bandcamp Daily is for mm. independent music. Yeah. Which is like kicks open the door every single, like if you want to get into like, what was, what was the recent one? It was like uh, a deep dive on the folk punk or the avant folk scene of Uruguay. And you don't get that on the itch front page. No, you don't. The, the yeah, like a, it's really incredible when they got bought by epic i was so bummed out <laughs> it's like yeah yeah hope, hopefully as long, i mean i as long as daily bandcamp daily sticks around they'll still do like impo- that's probably the most important thing they do in terms of like promoting yeah there's people. a lot of really cool stuff in there i i always sort of i'm kind of with you though it, it does sort of feel like 
you know, and, and your project, maybe our project is sort of an extent is like trying to do some of that work that Bandcamp Daily yeah. does. Like give people a sense of like what out there is, is worth your time or like specifically what it is more than anything else. Yes. Maybe not even like if it's worth your time or not, but like here's what it is. If this sounds cool to you, you should check it out. Right, right. And maybe maybe you'll log on and you're like, well, I, I don't like jazz, so I'm not going to look. I don't care about the best jazz of June, but somebody does. Somebody does. Somebody likes the best jazz of June. Yeah. You know, I, so it's, it's just one thing I've noticed with itch in general, right, is that there's not a lot of editorialization at all. Like it's it's there's so much. It's such a great like platform. But I mean, yeah, I guess this is what we're all saying is that like there's such how do you pick through the chaff? And find things, yeah. especially like the, the bundles too, you know, it's like even the way they show you the games, usually the good stuff is at the top. I don't know how they sort it, like what the default sorting. I wonder if it sorts by popularity or something by default. Right, right. But it's it's very like, I don't know, there needs to be a little bit. I, I feel like if you editorialize, you're going to be better at promoting the community a little bit because it yeah. does feel like, yeah, it's such, there's so much access to uh creators and to genres and yeah i just wish well i think that though you know that's what makes it a very democratic kind of space and i you know have found that there's a lot of uh marginalized voices sort of operating on itch that you know as soon as you start trying to editorialize in some ways i think you do lose a bit of freedom and allowing people to kind of express themselves, you know, I, so there's, I, I, I'm not going to put it on itch. I think, I think that that's a, just a very open space. That's like, this is what this is. Right. People seem to be able to find one another inside of that. And that, you know, I, I don't need for that website to be sort of anything more than that, but that's, right, cause unless you, yeah. unless you are putting out like Bandcamp, like four very diverse, um, like articles every single day, Right. Um, you're, it's just going to become like, it really depends on who's writing the editorials. Cause I mean, if you look at, they do their blogs every now and then. And the last one was three games. And it was like tunic Norco and space dragons and tunic and Norco are like ultra hyped already. Yeah. Tunic right. Is like, Tunic's like a $4 million game, you know? Right. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I, but yeah, I, so I, I think that to that extent, what kind of, are there games that have like really kind of grabbed your attention that you've had in your zines in the past couple months that you're like, this is sort of like, you know, primo what I'm looking for in terms of my own curation. Yeah. Let me give, let me, let me do the thing where I don't remember all the games in the past few months. Let me look at <laughs> Well, just, I, yeah. Like anything, I don't know if you can't remember off the top of your head, a game that you loved, then. No, I, I, I want to do with these. Like, I want to get very specifically within these last, I don't want to go further than these last four months, you know? Totally. So, okay. So let me see. Oh, okay. So you know what? 27 is like through and through. I, I don't like to pick favorites, but this one's like through and through like bangers all the way through. <laughs> I rocked. More or less. 27 is um, one to check out, huh? Yeah, 27 is one definitely. My God, no. okay, so um, um, a lot of these are actually. Uh, so this is really cool like combo that I did not realize was like a pairing combo. And I was like floored by one of them when they submitted it because it's like, so there's a game called You Are the Hero. And it's like 
this very metatextual sort of um, essay visual novel, which I've seen a couple of, it's few, maybe more people are doing them, but there are these sort of like, I guess it's a visual novel, but also it's kind of like an essay, but it's kind of like someone parsing through these thoughts, you know, and apparently, like I learned as I had the two creators on the the my radio show, was that those that was that was a companion piece to so a game that happened to get featured in the next issue called Optimal Conditions for Sacrifice, which is another which is more presented as a narrative, but is also clearly like somebody working through ideas through a narrative, and like I like that sort of thing a lot. So. <laughs> I am a big fan of of this kind of, and I guess they they were like these weird companions where someone had done a game jam without the other person, and there was this whole like, are we are we not in a relationship? And this kind of like one person made a game in response to someone else working on a game with the other person, and then the other person made a game in response to the game that they had made. Oh, that rocks! And there's these very sort of like personal sorts of things, but also very abstract in a lot of ways and i like it's just it's that perfect kind of like um youthful pretension that i'm a, i think is missing in yeah. art in games times that's cool it, it also sounds like you know people having a conversation with one another which yeah. is sort of like what you're talking about in terms of that's what is a healthy that creates a healthy artistic community is like actually having people in conversation with one another and yeah. not just like indie games that are all in conversation with like triple a titles right but like actual indie games in conversation with one another yeah that's cool that's cool i know that you mostly are are like going off submissions now how much like exploration of itch in general do you do as part of the project do you ever just sort of like pop in and like look at what our folks are making either on the front page or like search through like previous creators that you've heard of or anything like that yeah, so I also, um, of the 10, one is commissioned, mm-hmm. eight come through submissions, and one I handpick. Oh, cool. So uh, basically, I'll look through. I have like a, a playlist that I've curated down to like uh, like, a, like a humble like 15,000 or something. Or not 15,000, 1,500, sure. give or take, I think. Um, let me see. I can tell you how big it is right now. It is, okay, it's only 719. That's because I like I removed duplicates. I removed people who are like aware of the zine or of any apocalypse. So every month I'll try to find someone who does something weird and does something I'm interested in, but also doesn't seem like they've done something, or that that seems like they don't know what indie apocalypse is. I love it. Try and expand the, the awareness. Try and rub them in, yeah. Try and try and hook them. So like in 29, in issue 29, it was um, the British Library Simulator, which was. <laughs> Uh, like a librarian had recreated like the British library to try to recreate the experience of like during COVID of <laughs> ending the cool. British library. That's cool. That was so a, it's, it's game, about, right? yeah, that was a bitsy game. So it's about people sort of like seeking these experiences. What was thir- what was I, what was 30s? Um, 30s was, um, where are you? Oh, did I did I get too busy and miss and I did not select? I may have not selected one for thirty. Actually, that's pretty interesting. Don't tell. Heard it here first. Don't tell any. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> we got a big <laughs> scoop in this. Uh, uh, 
We're recording right now. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, God. I may have gotten very busy and just forgotten to do it and then got enough good ones. I'm like, eh, hey, whatever. It's fine. So the Apocalypse number four is in the uh, bundle for racial justice and equality. So if you have that bundle, you have uh, number four. Uh, and you can go check it out and just sort of get a taste of what this project is kind of about. Uh, so in there, there were, I think, 10 games, you know, and there's some that are physical games, uh, some that are games that run, you know, on your computer. So if we want to, normally we, we go through them all and we kind of give our opinions on them uh, and t- say if they're like a pass or a play. But out of respect for you and this project, I don't think we'll do, we'll do that. Let's just talk about like a little more broadly what we thought of them and if we liked them, you know, and kind of what, what it was. But the first one was Are You Okay?, which is a game about a psychotic episode of the movie premiere. Um, it's a twine game. It's very quick, very nice. You just kind of boot it up and then interact with this thing. It was a twine game with like um, pacing, which I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, Eric, what, this was. Oh yeah, please. No, you know you continue, and I know what my opinion is on this game. I, I mean, I'm assuming for most of these, you're like, this was really cool. I like this. Yeah, and I have, I, I, I have different, I have different reasons why this one's very cool. This and this person is a now a long, a long-standing friend of the zine, as it were. Cool. Oh, rad. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, it's. Uh, it reminds me of like high school writing a little bit, just in terms of like the ways in which they're experimenting with what a psychotic break sort of is, is like, um, but I, but it's a fun, a fun thing to experiment with. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's the thing that you liked about it, Andrew? Um, well, I, well, first of all, it, it gets real. It gets real. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adventurous with twine. Yeah. In terms of like text editing, and like you said, it, it, it tries to like kind of very deliberately pace things. Yeah. And which is I'm you know, and then this was very very early on. You know, this is issue four, and in issue issue three, I think was like when I the, the first one I was like, yeah, this thing rules. Um, and I, this is the, my the intro. The intro point that I always say to people, and that's kind of like my favorite. Um, I guess if I can pick a favorite is uh, conurbation. And that was the first thing. I was like, oh wow, people are submitting cool stuff. Oh, I did not see that, Murray. What a what a little. Sorry, I just noticed something that was in a game that is I didn't. I anyway. <laughs> That I've, I've come, I've become, I've become very familiar with in the 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 recent years. But anyway, this was something that was like, because listen, I'm old hat. I've been around Twine for a while, you know. Right. But like the way it kind of it kind of broke up text and tried to sort of merge this idea of poetry with a narrative, and like you know read what you're doing with the words and sort of try to parse out the idea of of really like trying to replicate a person's thought process you know in the way it stutters speaks and breaks down and kind of typos here and there and breaks out like individual letters or phrases where you wouldn't think is like the most obvious thing to bring but it's kind of like tries to emulate this thought process of the brain i was very into no, I, I mean that's great. 
Let's let's keep it moving. And like, also, we'll do it like a, a little bit of a clip too. Let's talk about Super Boston by um, Fritz V. Coley. It's a kinetic puzzle game about color, shapes, and particle physics. This game, uh, <laughs> this game was really hard. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, this like until you realize fully exactly what's happening, yes. uh, it can be like a little daunting. I know. I don't think I ever quite got to a place because right. The, the, they start to stack rules. They stack pretty quickly. Eventually, get to a place where it's like, it's like, okay, time to just play. But there's really, it's like baby mode and then hard mode. Like, with yes. almost like, there's no buffer of like, we're going to make this a little bit easy for you to get started with. It's like right away, the mechanics are such that it's like really hard out the gate. And I didn't make it very far for that reason. I was just oh, like, yeah, oh like- God, this is so tough. Like it very much teaches you everything once, and then mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't always teach you how all the combinations work. Right. Um, it, it's rare that an indie game like it's my heart actually racing, <laughs> like 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 in a very like visceral. But like the when you had to like move the mouse really quickly to hit the right um, symbol, I mm-hmm. don't know. I was it, it might stress me out. It might be a thumper. That game thumper that I. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, like yeah. a Terry Cavanaugh game or something like that. You yeah, know? like. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, was so this is this is so when you say this is like pre-submission, this is a game you found on itch. No, no, this this was pre-selection. Um, Got it. So all these games were submitted. Oh, that's cool. So people heard about any apocalypse submitted all these games. I love it. Box of Lines. Yeah. We had three games from Lady Leah. Um, yes, and all of them uh, rocked in like really cool ways. I liked Box of Lines. Box of Lines is is uh, that feels inspired that seems like one of those games um yeah i don't as we encounter these games that are using familiar vocabulary Mm -hmm. right in this case tetris like platformer um it's cool to see them interacting in uh, a way that i don't think i've encountered before despite the fact that it feels wholly familiar the entire time I don't know how many other Tetris Lemmings games there are. <laughs> I only made it to maybe like this, the fifth or sixth uh, level, but I was having a lot of fun with it. And do they ever introduce like the different Lemming job classes or anything like that? Or is it the whole time pretty straightforward? I, so. I mean, I think it's mostly the idea of Lemmings walking, you know, as a premise, it's <laughs> so fun. Like it, you, you create like these little bridges using Tetris blocks to try to get a lemming to the end of the level. Um, and there's different kind of like setups. Uh, sometimes you have to do things very quickly to like have a lemming, like move across a space really fast uh, after you've like closed off another opportunity with one block. And then you have to like move the other one very fast to make sure that the lemming doesn't like fall or you don't smash it. Um, my only complaint about this is that I wish there was like more interactive graphics. You know, I wish the lemming would explode when you trap them by mistake. <laughs> to, like smash. Um, I so as far as the the tabletop RPGs go, do you, do you get did you get a chance? Do you how many tabletop RPGs are you doing in like contemporary issues of your zine? I generally try and um. Partially because I think the tabletop, the indie tabletop scene is generally like better off in terms of like supporting each other and supporting kind of out there design. Okay. Tried to include maybe two, like two per max. Cause I think like 
listen, this thing's got, I got to go video games for, I got to try to preference video games because it's still, it feels like a more unexplored space mm-hmm. in terms of like out there design where you can make like, oh, what's the guy's name? I'm forgetting the name of Grant something or other. Um, who does a lot of is 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 it one of the is it a Grant who does a lot of um like literally like napkin games, maybe where it's like Don't know. buy a PDF and it's the guy who I think it's the same guy who did the raccoon game, uh, where you, all players are playing as a raccoon driving a car. I think. RPG. Yeah, that's on car RPG. I think it's called. Uh, no, I didn't want Crash Pandas. Yes, exactly. That's the one. Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> uh, so, do you get a chance? Did you get a chance to play these before you pu- published them in the zine, or, or like, what's your uh, sort of metric for saying like, oh, this is a worth, this is worth kind of including? Uh, I I tend to just kind of like, like the first step is how engaged am I? Am I just like, if, if I'm tuning out at like page two and I'm just like, okay, scrolling through the rest of this PDF very quickly, it's probably not. Got it. Okay. Grab because oh, my friend, we, we play games like weekly and we've played plenty of like weird indie games. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of get like a sense of like, would I want, it's kind of like the would I ever want to play this game? It's not even like right. necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Would I want to play test this game? And then right. I can usually get a sense of like just from play, like uh, you know, if we only play once a week and we have our regular sessions, like it's hard to say, hey, let's break a session so I can play test a game. And what if I have thirty tabletop games submitted? You know. Got it. So it's sort of just sort of like, oh, I enjoyed reading this. Yeah. Did I, it. Cool. Yeah, there's there's one that's, coming yeah, up that I'm great. probably going to select that is like, <laughs> you don't need to play test in a way, but I kind of, I admire it's moxie. <laughs> I mean, that's your product. Um, yeah. I, I kind of like if I admire the spirit of it, you know. Yeah. I feel that way about a lot of things that we review for the podcast where I'm like, I didn't really like like playing this maybe but i really appreciated what it was going for and for that reason alone i am a play on it yeah i of this in this zine uh death trap was was kind of that for me or like I, actually no i enjoyed playing death, death trap. that was cool. the one it, they, it's that was the game that i played the mindscaper meets was... chips challenge is the way it felt like to me you know <laughs> it's like i just sort of i think any any time you um, interact with a game and the interaction is dramatic. Like the speed you like push a direction and the speed that you just start tunneling through the walls is so uh, delightful. And um, what was that game, Alex, that we played that was a turn-based, you're kind of descending. It had this kind of like Nickelodeon or like 90s style art with line drawings one word. Um, now I'm doing the thing where we've played so many games and I can't. I know. It, it is funny. I mean, it's funny to hear you say it's called like Splunk. It's not Spelunky, but it, it's. Uh, I know the one you mean with the sliding one. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. One of our favorite games we've played but in the bundle. You like push a direction and it just like guns you across a space. And I, I, I think that that's like, you know. That's fun. As if if this project, the project of doing bundle buddies, is discovering what I enjoy 
one of those things is like I push a button and I move very dramatically in a specific direction. Uh, the game was plunge. Plunge. See, like Spelunk, plunge. but plunge. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I had that that feeling kind of with with Death Trap, like, even though Death Trap is like very 2D and very, um, you know, almost chance based in terms of whether or not you're going to survive something. I made it uh, right, right. First time through, I made it uh, almost to the end of the game. It was, it's not like horribly difficult. Towards the end, it gets a lot harder, uh, but it doesn't feel like it, there's like a ton of skill involved in like beating it. Like most of it is just like luck. Well, it's a game about self control. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't press the button again. <laughs> That's how I kept dying. It's like, I couldn't control myself. Right, oh, yeah, you're, you're just like into a wall. Exactly. It's like, I want to go full force into this wall right now. You kind of had right when maybe feeling vibes, Eric. What, 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 matches Den? Uh, nothing, nothing can be, nothing can that, come close the to the joy that is Ratchet's Den. I fucking love that game. I, I play that game, like, I just fire it up just like while I'm chilling or whatever. I love that game. What a oh, good game. Ratchet's Den from, from friend of, from friend, half friend of the, the zine. Oh yeah, you know Punk Cake Delicious? Yeah, I know half of Punk Cake Delicious. Delicious. Remy was in issue three. There we go. Of Indie Apocalypse. Oh, that's rad. That's great. Yeah. They all they all get around, you know? Yeah, they all get around. Um do you do you have a favorite sorry, we can keep going. No, no, I going think in general, like I feel pretty good about the conversation right now. I think take us home, Andrew. Like what what about do you have either a favorite from this or do you kind of like want to give us like the unifying thought about this issue as people, you know, might dive into it. What do you want them to have in mind as they're kind of poking around? Yeah. I think this issue has like a good mix of, um, it's a, it's a, it's a good one to, to submit to a bundle that everyone has because it's a good combination of games. Like there's a few tabletop games. There's like some very arcade puzzle games, like, you know, like the three lady lady games, rejection thesis or just like, Super Boson are very, and Breakout or Brickout, to some extent, are like very. Um, they're straight. Brickout is less straightforward the more you play it, and then you realize the weird stuff that's going on. But um, uh, these, they're like. But then there's also like very, the more personal or just like ultra abstract like car game, which is just you know. Car game was my favorite. That game was fucking hard but awesome. Yes, yes. When you when you take off in that last stage and you start when you fully ascend, it's a beautiful moment. It's hard. It took me so long. Yeah, it's so. I th- I think this issue is like a good. Well, I try to do it with every issue is a good. Try to make it a good sampling of just like presentation of games. So it's, it's very easy. Like, oh, if I'm, I'll make an art game anthology. They're all twine games or whatever. You know. <laughs> Uh, is it do you like are you so this is like from three years ago right is that right almost or two, two three are you can you kind of look back at this like issue right here and um how how do you feel kind of looking at it are you like oh i've progressed so much more as a as a curator or designer or are you like oh this is like this is it. Like I'm, I'm hitting my stride and I'm running how, like emotionally. How does it feel kind of looking back three years later at, at something like this? Yeah, it looks good. Like I, I, paid, <laughs> yeah. I think I could take better. I think I could have better screenshots. Definitely. Like, mm. Just looking at the page itself. 
Um, probably could have done better, like color coordinating with like I said, I've started color coordinating the covers a lot better, you know, mm. like to t- yeah. kind of match the background. So sometimes they'll just kind of like bleed into it. And so the pages look nicer. Yeah. I So are, are there digital zines that you're kind of, that you feel, I don't know. Like I know, you know, I, I did Z like was big into zines, like, you know, magazines, like, you know, zines, <laughs> but like right. are there digital zines that you're like, Oh, you know, are you in conversation with other digital zines? I guess is the question. I No, no, but that's like, I think that's honestly the direction I'm starting to go. Like, with this 30th one, I'm like, you know, games, if I've been sending people emails for two years and none of them ever respond, what am I doing? Um, you know, maybe, maybe like this, the games audience is generally not the best audience for, mm. for what I'm offering with Indie Apocalypse. Maybe mm. I realized that I wonder if I could just pull up my literal, let me just go to my square site and pull up the literal numbers to see how they did um, compare uh, six hours at a punk flea market in a community center versus three days at a at a gaming expo and see the comparison in the terms of the sales. <laughs> and um, where how do I how do I use Square? I figured it out. Problem solved. But um, yeah. So let's see. Yeah, it's basically it looks like the twelfth was a Sunday, I assume. Um. Yes, so it's kind of like what was it, fifty six versus like maybe one hundred. Mm. Yeah, so like one day I kind of made half what I made in three days, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there, that's like a more receptive audience, an audience that's like more curious for the kind of like easier to convince art-minded people who are not necessarily into games to get into games than to convince um, more gamer-type people to get into more art Yeah, I love that. That makes I think sense. That's a great, that sounds great. I think that's a great yeah. place to kind of leave the idea, an idea for the episode, you know, in general. Is there anything you'd like to yeah. plug? Uh, it, I mean, you have a Patreon that's very close to hitting its goal. Uh, it's monthly. Yes, it was, it was above it for, for – it had met the goal at one point. Right. <laughs> and it's gone back down. But uh, yeah, no, listen, I, I do the smart thing where I, I have, instead of having patreon.com slash, no, it's indiepocalypse.com slash Patreon. <laughs> Very um, cool. I redirect all my stuff to where it needs to go. Um, um, so become a patron of Indiepocalypse. Uh, for 15 bucks a month, you get, or is it 10, 10 bucks a month, you get uh, the issue? It's 15. Oh, for 15? That's great. Just the regular regular cost of an issue. But I also added a new a newer tier. Like if you just want to get the new commission game, if you want to do like a, a pun cake or a sock pop style thing where you get one game every month or so, one brand new game, I, I made a, a five dollar tier for the, specifically that. Perfect. You go in that style. Anything else you'd like to plug? Um no. Um video games, uh play them, I think. Play video uh, games. <laughs> No, I, I mean... Buy zines. I sit, Visit craft fairs. Buy zines. I, th- I think to go back to what you're saying about like how the work you're doing and the work in general with like the lack of um, editorial around it, um, if you like um, bundle buddies and you like other people covering things, find more that are doing that. Because mm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the tricky thing is like um, even if there are a bunch of people covering... So, I mean, if you're covering a bunch of small games, how do people then find you? Right. You know, exactly. 
that's i mean i'm sure it's a question you've had yeah, yourself yeah we uh i always wonder about that about like does it, do, do people even want what we make <laughs> <laughs> i i think that every single month yeah. <laughs> well i want to say I think, we i think where there's probably a very good overlap of audiences right now for the two of us yeah like i really enjoyed looking at what you made and and it's like having a little bunt like part of the joy of doing bundle buddies is finding these kind of strange games that maybe wouldn't we never would have found otherwise that we really enjoy for a number of reasons you know for whatever what that might be and i think you do an excellent job with this project of creating a kind of a bite-sized version of that that's even more tightly curated every month. And I think that's really cool. And I would encourage people to go uh, seek it out. Thanks. It is. And if you, and if you, you already have four probably. You already already got four. So what the, what the frick's wrong with you? Just go get some other. (laughs) There's 10 games in there. They're kind of cool. They're pretty cool. And then you can kind of like, do what I'm going to do in like, now that there's now that the Barnes and Noble criterion sales back up for this month, where you just like go to your local Barnes and Noble and be like, huh? Okay. What am, what am I feeling? What, what kind of vibe am I looking for? That's a very dangerous fact that I wasn't aware of, but now yeah, no. I go into Barnes and Noble after we get off this. I usually, um, for the Barnes and Noble one, I usually get the, um, the, the bigger box ones. So I know that they're in good condition when I get them. <laughs> so if we could leave you guys the audience with one thought check out barnes and noble. go to barnes and noble yeah, yeah. support your local barnes and noble it's not amazon you know <laughs> check out the works of federico fellini <laughs> or, um, <laughs> you know okay that was a great episode of podcasting <laughs> i think we're getting really good at this i wholeheartedly agree um, next week is a mystery uh, person. We'll see who it is. It could be some people. It could be some other people. We're not 100% sure. So if you are, for some reason, if you're if you're listening to this and playing through those games, like the little book club freak you might be, um, I guess take a look on the website. That's probably the best place to go find out what the next games are right now because yeah. we don't have them for you right now. Or you know what? You could follow us on Twitter. That's right. But that wouldn't that be annoying to have to go back in like real time, like to try to find the old tweet? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess you could. I, if I this, think it's, if you're that far in time, then you should probably just listen to that episode, right? Yeah, like you, you could right, right now. now. You could right now if you're listening to this in the future. You could right now just go listen to the next episode. We, do it. Uh, we'll we'll we be here when you get back. Go do it, and then we'll we'll yeah, be here when you get back. Go do it, and then come back to this episode and see what we say next. Uh, uh, like, and welcome sub- back, welcome back. Here is what we're <laughs> like, saying. Next. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, please. Uh, you can also track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com That's it. And I love you, Eric. I love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi. Okay, okay, okay. okay, 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 okay. Ah.